After all she's been through, she's trying to make up for what happened to her. You mean how Wesker brainwashed her and made her come after us? No one's blaming Jill for that. No one. Except Jill. Someone accessed the DOD's server. They managed to steal data on Leon, uh -oh. Jill, Chris, and Claire. You think this might have something to do with the Operon now? Most likely. I'm going to use my virus to clean the slate. Well, it's over now. Let's do it, all of us. Welcome to the Eagle and Wolf podcast, which is a fan podcast dedicated to casual, in-depth discussions about Resident Evil and other survival horror games. I'm one of your hosts, Eagle, and Wolf, why are you so chill, so cool right now? You want to know why I'm chill? It's because we've got Jill. <laughs> Dude, do you see what I did there? I like rhymed it even. Yes. <laughs> For those that have seen Resident Evil Death Island, you would understand that quote. Um, but we saw it, and now you don't have to, technically. Well, because look, we we finally do have Jill. Like, that line, we have Jill, has so many different layers, because it's been crazy how much MIA Jill has been in for the past few years. But before we get ahead of ourselves, yes, welcome everybody. This is going to be the Resident Evil Death Island special. Uh, we're hoping to go from beginning to end throughout the, I guess, events of Resident Evil Death Island. Uh, and I guess spoilers ahoy. So uh, keep an eye out. <laughs> ahoy. Because it's an island. I don't know. I'm, th I'm thinking nautical. I'm thinking summer. Sunshine. Uh, um, really quick, I I saw before this. I also watched Vendetta because I didn't. That was the one I missed, and oh I wish God. I had stayed missing it because it's really fucking bad. No, no, I think it was very important that you saw Vendetta, mainly because like for you to have the opinion on Death Island that I'm, that for you to have the same opinion as I do, it's very important that you saw Vendetta beforehand and, and that would, whatever happened at the end of that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not doing a special on that, but that one gives us Rebecca Chambers and it gives us Leon and Chris like, broing out. Leon, the vehicular manslaughter hero. <laughs> Leon doing his best John Wick in Vendetta, but in 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 Death Island, he looks a lot like RE4 remake because he's got the body armor like Island Leon, which is perfect because that's it's Death Island. So 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 are we okay? So the starting point. So you saw but, this is the backgrounds. Okay, so you saw Vendetta before going into this, and you also saw Death Island. You saw them back to back essentially. Yeah, I did a did a double feature. Nice, nice. Okay, so I, I saw Vendetta a long time ago, and I've been trying to actively blot it out of my memory since then, so, like, I'm very curious to see the stuff that you remind me about um, going forward and its connectivity to, to Death Island, because if I recall, there's really only one thing that yeah. really connects the movies, and it's, I don't know. And it's a character with no lines. Oh my god, so, oh, there was an ongoing joke. Uh, okay, so my background really quick for watching this movie is I actually saw it with the stream. 
um, we did a little mini Discord personal stream and we ended up watching Death Island together. And like, I had a bet going with the chat where it was like, how much do you want to bet this character doesn't have a single line of dialogue? <laughs> and I mean, I, I was really close to winning. I was you were. really close. You were, until right at the end where she gets into a fight with Leon. But we'll but cover like, that. But like, the end of when she fucking fought. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But yeah, going into this, I saw this with a chat, um, which I definitely want to give some shout outs. Seraph, Boogie, uh, fucking Offworld, Barb. I know, Barb, you couldn't make it, but you know what? I'm still giving you props anyway. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Burnsy. These props are meaningless. Like, <laughs> No, they're, they're, they're full of meaning. They're meaning to me. Um, <laughs> but, like, if the motherfucker didn't even get to make it and you're still giving him the props, how is that yeah. any different from the ones who put up you wanna, your shit? You want to know why? Because Barb helped me set it up. Barb oh. is the reason why it even works. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. All right. All right. I misunderstood. All right. Uh, Barb, props to you. Back back to the film. Uh, so we, we started this movie up, and it starts out with a very interesting scene, actually. Are you ready to dip into this? Was there anything yeah. else you wanted to preface? No, 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 no. We're, okay. we're back in 98. Yeah. Um, the Raccoon City incident and all that. But we're seeing from the viewpoint of not Hunk and not any of the mainstays. We're seeing it from generic umbrella soldier number five and number six right which by this point i'm super invested i'm like whoa, whoa wait are we getting like a little vignette of like you know one of the first teams to touch down in raccoon city and like a, a nice dramatic story about humans and zombies and i'm like holy shit wait 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 we're not dealing with superhero anime protagonist uh, protagonist like i'm actually really interested in what's going on here and then it kind of uh Kind of plays out very quickly in a very fast... And I, I feel like... Um, I remember seeing somewhere that the manga actually might go into more detail about... There's the a manga? Thing. Yeah, there's a manga on Death Island. And apparently it might go into more detail about the whole thing before. With well, a, wouldn't you know it? The book is better than the movie. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really was invested. I just really want to stress that because I love that idea of like the USBC group going into Raccoon City and it just being a story about the platoon, you know what I mean? And, and the drama that ensues there. I would personally love, uh, the UBCS getting fucking killed by Nikolai as like, he's the pursuer character. I would like that story. Well, the thing is, is I, in my opinion, like, that'd be interesting. Like, actually just using Nikolai in, you know, in another way. I mean, later on in Operation Raccoon City, they, they kind of expanded his role that way, too. But They did, I, yeah. I like the idea that Umbrella has multiple skis bags that, like, work for them to kill other members and stuff. And you never know who is, you know, among us or whatever. So you <laughs> You're have to acting out pretty who... sus, Nikolai. Yeah, this is really sussy, man. I don't know, Nikolai. It's pretty sussy how the gate closed on its own. Hmm, sus. I hate that fucking word. Anyway. <laughs> Mikhail, what, what do you have to say about this? Nikolai is a sussy baka. And just doom, doom, doom. Anyway, but yeah, so, so I, yeah, I really like they, that idea. And they're in Raccoon City. This team, it almost gets wiped out by these zombies because, you know, that's what the teams do. Every team. Well, Don't go let's, in a team. Let's, get into, let's go into specifics, though. So basically, they touch down and off, like, I guess in a transition, get bit the fuck up. And only two of them are left. So a whole bunch of them are in a meat locker. One's like, hey, bit, symbolism. 
uh, yeah, but the two that are left are not bit. Correct. Right. And then they're kind of in this like office file cabinet thing and they ha- and they see inside and there's like a meat hanger thing that they put the rest of their squad that is bit in there per orders from umbrella and then umbrella sends in and says hey you got to kill them all there's no cure and then mm-hmm. we'll organize your evac so it's either kill your team or the team kills you you gotta choose right and one right. guy has like a really big conniption over it he, Even he though, gets traumatized by the event. Sure, but he also like sees it and he's like dumbfounded at this possibility of having to kill his team. And the other guy's like, no, fuck that. I want to leave. They're all they're all dead right now. Between me and leaving, it's it's them for sure. I'm killing them. Um But the problem I have with this story is the same problem I have with a lot of Resident Evil that they like to do in these animated movies, which is they love the flashback. Mm. Not every fucking story needs 15 flashbacks throughout the story. Because we're, we're telling you the beginning of the movie, but we're also combining it with the rest of the scenes throughout the movie because they keep coming back to this. Right, and the the villain needs to be, like, super traumatized so that we can have these little vignettes of what happened in the Could past. Could I so have could... one villain that's not Wesker? But that, okay, but here's the thing with the villains, I guess, and since we're gonna, yes, a uh, spoiler, the guy is the villain. Fucking obvious from the first fucking minute we're watching this. Like, okay, the guy who survives this is probably fucking gonna be the villain. Fucking Murphy from Downpour. Uh, but which I want to talk about that whole like that not that well not downpour I guess we could one day but um that fucking flashback because I don't think it ever says how they leave like did Umbrella actually evac them is that like is evac the one the guy yeah, yeah did did they evac really the evac the one guy like that doesn't sound like something Umbrella would do oh yeah like, okay uh, the zombies break through the one guy that's like fuck him he starts capping he starts shooting. Ironically enough, with the same gun that Hunk has, the MP5, uh-huh. or the LE5 for those playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, which beat <laughs> Resident Evil 5 in sales. Yes, thank God someone toppled RE5's Dominion. Yeah, man. <laughs> Give us more horror. Anyway, who would have thought? Anyway, we're, so, we're spending a lot of time on this little prologue segment because yeah, we keep I'm cutting back to, sp- to it I'm throughout to the whole movie. Through it. Yeah. No, it's because they, they keep adding to it throughout the movie. So we're just pretty much like summarizing all the flashes we get throughout the film. Exactly. Um. So we can never talk about this again. So the, <laughs> fucking, the fucking guy, he gets bit. Ooh, who would have saw that coming? And the two fight. And then the one guy, he gets a limp because his knee gets shot in the kerfuffle. And then he has the upper hand against the other guy. And the guy's begging for his life. Well, in a you weird say guy and other guy. Hold on, let me let me try and clear What's up a little names? bit. What's the names? No, of no, no. Blake. You, I will never remember the names. What I'm trying to say is that. Oh, I'm sorry. The JJ and movie, Dylan. JJ is the one who dies. I was gonna say the villain and the non-character. <laughs> the villain and the other guy. See, there's only really one other guy. Um, fight there, and then eventually the villain dramatically just realizes at that moment it's fucking be or be killed or whatever, and it fucking starts smashing the, the other guy's face in with, I think, a trash oh, a can. filing cabinet. Remember. Filing cabinet, yeah. So, I mean, I like get it. F- like a drawer from the filing cabinet. Yeah, and, like, and then mashes, it kind of cuts there. 
Yeah, yeah, and we don't see the head. We imagine it's goop. We imagine. Well, we also like... imagine them him actually getting evac'd and carried away because we don't get to see that at all. But I guess. I mean, they cut the budget. Oh, let me also say this. Vendetta looks fucking terrible, and Death Island looks like they actually spent money on it. Well, I noticed that. Like, holy shit, the graphics were really, really good, especially for For everybody but Claire. Okay, so we're definitely going to get into that. Hold on, we're going to get into the characters' faces and whatnot, especially with the graphics. So I just want to put a little seal on the whole prologue segment because that entire thing is is the motive behind our main villain here. He was traumatized by the event and wants to get revenge on Umbrella, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's keep that in mind because that is his motivation, and we're going to find that later on in the film, his actions really... Do not do reflect it. that, I don't yeah. think, but whatever. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about that when it happens. So we open with, I think, Jill. Yes. And Jill's oh in a house. In a and Jill, house. And Chris is on the mic telling her, Jill, wait for backup. And it is literally three make Jill, but with an enhanced boob mod. Because her tits look way bigger in this than you, they did in the You had to main. actually point it out to me. I didn't realize the whole fucking movie. And then you're like, dude, why did they make her boobs so much bigger than normal? And I'm like, oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> and then when you noticed it, you're like, yeah, that's right. She's fucking Damn, Power Girl level. She's she's like, I'm replaying 3 make right now. And I'm just like, her titties are nowhere near as big in this. Th- that's definitely a mod done by the devs. Or the or the G or the T virus that fucking Nemesis gives you gives you bigger boobs. I don't know. Um, because this I'm is just... <laughs> this is canonically after six, but before seven. Yes, this t- by the way, this takes place in 2015. Which uh, I, I don't know. I Seems feel like so weird. long ago, doesn't it, George? It, it just feels so weird time zones with Resident Evil because like at some point in Resident Evil 7, it's like 2020 something and you're using VHS tapes and stuff like that. And it's all very realistic grounded technology. And then like apparently in universe four years ago, people were using like phone cubes and like sci-fi equipment all the time. Like I don't know. It's it's very all over the place with what technology is available in this series. And that's exactly. it's not really a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's like a fault, but it's definitely something I've noticed, which you will notice at the end of this film. <laughs> By the way, in story, Jill and Chris are still part of the BSAA. Like Chris is still there. So for those who play seven and eight, Blue Umbrella doesn't exist yet. Um, right, right. None of that stuff in Ethan's adventure has happened yet. Exactly. So we have where Jill is investigating the house. There's a dead body. Obviously, she, there's she a decides zombie. to put on the exact same outfit she wore when she was in Raccoon City for some reason. Which is funny, considering she was going to burn the outfit, considering she was in the sewers. And she said, no. I'm going to burn this. She loves it now. She loves the stink. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Don't you understand, Chris? It's pure. It's all that's left over of Raccoon City. <laughs> it's all that's left. So long, RC. Anyway, um, she ignores the backup calls. Yes, because that's super smart. <laughs> She's like, I'm going in. There's somebody who could be dying. And that's something we understand from this movie, which is the Avengers of Resident Evil. 
I, I just love her idea of like, oh, there's someone, someone might be in there and, and need my help in this completely quiet house where no one's asking for help. And it's like, I don't know. I think if they need, they're probably dead. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I'll, all I got to say is every single one of these characters, every single one has this like sociopathic need to be the hero. Oh, because the, they want to give everyone the same exact trauma of survivor's guilt. So, like, yeah. everyone has to have this exact same beat. Like, Chris had it in five. Leon had it in six. Now Jill has it here. Leon also has it in Vendetta because he's sitting alone drinking at a table again. And I'm like, is this RE6 Chris with a Leon yeah. skin? I was going to say, that's exactly how he starts in RE6. So it's because they really don't know where to go with these characters. And it's really interesting because we're actually going to come across it in a later on scene where they actually do start talking about past events, but it's so brief and it's like, you'd want way more of it. But anyway, hold on. Jill is in this house, right? So she right. goes in this house and she's scanning, doing like, I guess it's tactical flashlight spamming but yeah. to me i don't know it doesn't look very useful <laughs> i mean it's just to see the area and then continue but not draw attention to yourself even though it kind of draws attention to yourself yeah i feel like i'd i'd take more notice to a flickering light you know what i mean rather than like a a, a light that just appeared or something listen and Neither one of us are military experts. Neither one of us are members of stars, even though sure, we both but, have that trophy that says we're members of stars. Sure. And but I've also had my eyes adjust to darkness before. So I just I feel like <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be very anyway, I don't know. I'm not about I'm not about to argue the benefits of that. But what I will Listen. say, she goes upstairs uh -huh. and, and she starts scoping the area. Here's the thing that kills me in this scene. So she goes up these stairs and if I could try and like describe it to you, this at the top of the stairs, there's like a door to the left and then a little bit of a hall and then there's a door to the right and then there's like a mirror, okay? Like at the end of the hall. Oh yeah, I know it what you're talking about. Literally two doors in this entire fucking hallway. She goes down the hall to the one on the far right. So that that's it, right? So that she goes into that room, finds a dead body on the ground and then goes, huh, so I guess there is no one. <clears throat> and then she fucking walks out and then as she's about to go down the stairs a fucking zombie burst out of the room she just checked no it was the one on the left there was no room on the left that's a mirror oh if i i went through this fucking thing frame by frame with the chat and like you see a zombie on the left but he dives out from the right cuz that's a mirror on the left so it's like Okay, where the fuck? How did Jill not see this thing? <laughs> Probably hiding under the bed. And Why would he, a zombie hide? <laughs> I don't know. It shows sentience. I don't know. These, this is improved T-virus. Oh, we, we got to talk out. about this improved T-virus nonsense because it shows up like it. Uh, all right. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't we're going to take note. That's the first note of, of zombies not acting like zombies in this movie. So um, she does this weird um, judo throw with her midair, changing defies where the gravity. Zombies... <laughs> yeah, every character here defies gravity, and they're all invincible. So she fucking twists the zombie. The zombie like lands a certain way, and it dies. And then Chris and the SWAT team show up, and Chris is like, "Why did you wait for backup?" And she's like. 
I wouldn't fucking wait if somebody was dying. I had to make a move. But you had no evidence. Like, if you showed us a scene of someone crying through a radio or just anything, we have no evidence that anyone was even in here besides the dead body that was, like, super dead already. But then, of course, like, Chris would say, oh, that's something I would do. And it's like, no, yeah, you've done it. Like, why are you why are you chastising her for doing things you've done? Uh, wh- bigger question: How did you not recognize her? Like, you had the whole SWAT team like g- have her a gunpoint, and then she had to raise her hands, and you didn't tell them to stand down until she turned around. Like, how did you not recognize? I never check her? out Jill's backside. Oh, Jill, I didn't recognize you <laughs> without looking at exactly her face. Or those giant tits, which I installed this mod for. <laughs> They're brand new. Sorry, I didn't recognize you there. <laughs> your, your silhouette changed so much. I mean, Jesus. So, um, meanwhile, on a beach in San Francisco, you have uh, an orca that that's beached with a giant bite mark. Yes. And, we, we start and, Resident Evil Revelations 1. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Claire is here with a weird fucking nose that bothers me. So this will be the thing. This will be the the jumping off point. Now we talked. We, we've seen enough characters' faces where we could talk about this. And I feel like this scene in particular is such a great example because the guy that Claire is with in this scene looks so realistic to me. Like I don't know, he looks like a real dude's face. And next to Claire, who looks like she came out of a fucking creative character. I don't know. I just don't see it. It doesn't even look like she did. Like somebody hit the randomize button on Saints Row 2 character development, like character creator, (laughs) and you just randomize it and just came out as Claire Redfield or sort of like Claire. And you're like, yeah, all right. That that looks enough like Claire, I guess. But I. I, Sorry, what? No, but I agree with you on the uh, on the guy looking way better than she does because he looked like an actual person. And she looks fake as shit in this animated movie. I would har- I would argue the best looking character in this movie was Jill. Yes, she, yes, 100%. She, she looked the most like her game because it's literally her game character. Because it's literally the fucking, they modeled it exactly after Resident Evil 3 remake. So Again, here's the thing, my question added is. added tits. I just wanted to emphasize. You no, know, with, with the breast mod. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so, because Rebecca really doesn't look anything like Vendetta to me. And oh, Chris Redfield progressively looks worse in these animated movies. So so here's my theory, right? I have a feeling that, like, for whatever reason, they only paid um, residuals or or fucking rights or whatever, like face rights for for Jill. Because she has her face model looking like her face model Resident Evil 3 remake. And I have a feeling they just didn't want to pay whatever extra for Claire because I'm pretty sure that's Stephanie... um, God, I mispronounce her last name all the, the, the all the time. But like, that's that's her Resident Evil Two remake voice actress, and that's Jill's Resident Evil Three remake voice actress. But like, they don't. One of them looks like their other iteration; the other one doesn't. I feel like they just didn't want to pay for the face license. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but um, Jill is actually made up of two people. There's a face like model, and there's yeah. a voice actress. Yeah, yeah, that um, I know. Same thing with Claire. I'm pretty sure yeah. there's a there's a face actress and a voice actress. And I have a feeling like they just didn't want to pay the face actress or something because she looks nothing like she does. Um, I would prefer and, you know, Resident Evil 2 remake Claire. I would too. And I, 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 
at a certain moment, I'm like, is this just a, them showing her aging? If so, I really don't see that as aging. She just looks like a different person. And if you look at the other characters, like, I don't think Rebecca looks older at all. I think she still looks 16. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, in Vendetta, she looked young. In this one, they gave her more hair, more bangs. And I was and her face is like a little different, like a little skinnier. And I didn't like it too much. I, I prefer her in Vendetta. I think she's super cute in Vendetta. I think in both movies, they, she looks still too young. Like, she should at least look older by this point. Or at least change her hair or something. I don't know. Just Well, just listen, all of them are infected with the virus eventually. And, and they all regain, like, permanent youngness from the virus. Well, that, I don't know. So that's a that's Chris a thing is I feel fifty like fucking years old, and he looks thirty. But he's obviously ages because look at him in Village. So like, Leon, Chris are the Village, only two who Village get to age. Is second best Chris. Best Chris is Resident Evil Code Veronica. Chris, fight me. I, I actually think maybe Claire also gets to age in Rev Two, but not in this movie. <laughs> and like, Rev Two is before Death Island, right? Which you gotta think how funny it is for her to be like, oh, fuck me. Like, prison again. <laughs> like, come on. Where's Moira? This is, and also, like, no, prison again, again, because of Code Veronica. <laughs> this bitch so, keeps like, going to jail. Dude, um, it, go, it Oh, yeah, Death Island well. is Alcatraz. That's what we come to find out. Yes. Um. So, back to the movie, because we sidetracked. Well, we were talking uh, about the faces and their models and whatnot. So sure. Uh, so Claire, with her her bad nose mod, um, <laughs> measures and says, "No shark did this, and not in these waters or whatever." Cut to uh, we go back to I think Rebecca and Chris talking, and Rebecca says, "Yeah, we don't know where it is. It looks to be blah blah blah." They have one thing in common, all these recent outbreaks, blah, blah, blah. It's fucking Alcatraz. They well, all visit well, Alcatraz. Well, oh, well base, okay, hold on, wait, wait. So basically, the Orca has traces of the T-virus, so they contact the BSAA, and the BSAA are all super fucking disingenuous about it, and they're like, huh, what do Orcas have to do with the BSAA? And it's like, bitch, would you let her finish? Like, obviously, she brought you for a reason. We, so Oh, yeah, we found down. traces of the T-virus. Oh, whoa. Like, if you would have waited two more seconds, Jill, calm down. <laughs> like, and also, really quick, I feel like we don't want to skip straight to Alcatraz because this is the one fucking instance, the one instance we have where our characters actually sit down and fucking talk about the events that have happened in their life. So Chris brings up Piers, which everyone who's watching the movie is like, whoa, holy shit, you acknowledge the dude? Good job. Um, and basically mentions, yeah, and I basically let him get into danger and he was going to take my place. And I'm like, yeah, and you walked back that shit, didn't you? Um, and fucking, he's like, oh, and that's why you need to be careful, Jill. And Jill's like super an asshole about it. And it's like, yeah, well, I was cooped up for years and what Wester did to me was my fault. And it's like, no, <laughs> but okay. But she has guilt know. over it. You get it because of the survivor thing. Like. Yeah, but whatever. And then Chris goes, sure. All right, whatever. But then Chris goes into the other room to talk to Rebecca about it. And Rebecca's like, yeah, well, maybe you need to consider her feelings. And it's like, Rebecca, like, come on. You don't need to fucking add to it here. Chris literally is doing nothing but going, hey, take it easy. Not even but like 
stop forever. Just take By it By the way, easy. to show to show how fucking smart I am, we I completely skipped the whole Leon chase scene with a motorcycle against a character that doesn't have any lines of dialogue. It was pretty much a fluff action sequence. You pretty much described all the <laughs> the, the necessary elements of this. Other than literally Hunnigan can't work with anyone else. I have like this new headcanon where it's like, Leon constantly asks for her. <laughs> like, uh, Where's Hunnigan at? I want to keep trying to get with her. Oh, God, don't tell him I'm on... Hey, Leon. Hey, <laughs> on another mission? Cool. <laughs> hey, hey, Hunnigan. Um, so I was wondering if you could, like, have my back on this one again. Yeah, totally, Leon. Totally. <laughs> I'll be there for you, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Rebecca's like... Hey, have you heard from Leon? And she's like, no, I didn't want to, but okay, we'll look into this. All right, so anyway, anyway. We, we skipped all of that with Leon saying how much he really liked the bike. I kind of don't like how snarky Leon is. No, well, he's already for Leon to the point where he's voiced by fucking um, Matt Mercer from already... Actually, he's already six, Leon. Yeah, he's so snarky. I feel like... He, he, he's the quipper like he's just he's fucking spider-man he just does jokes a lot it's weird because it's like he's re6's voice with re4's personality and re4's look well, well his look is like a weird hybrid of like vendetta with the with um not vendetta wait yeah he was in no damnation. vendetta was six leon all the way with the fucking jacket and yeah everything. no i mean i mean to say damnation leon where he's in, oh um, yeah, yeah 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 where he's got like the little five o'clock shadow and stuff like he, they, they, they worked on i feel like again leon looks a little bit like he aged and chris i guess is getting there with his beard you know yeah just oh, make also, him a bara also, his fucking, um, his jacket, I love his costume. He's the only one who gets a cool new costume, I feel. Like, Jill loses her cool jacket in the first action sequence, so it doesn't really stay or anything. But his cool little fucking safari, like, tiger jacket thing, yeah. I loved it. I, I It was like a reskin of his RE5 safari thing. Loved it. So, what happens is, I think Leon still isn't there yet, because he's part of the DSO. And he's not part of the BSAA. Claire's there because obviously her brother is BSAA, but also oh she's part God. of Save. So did you have, we have all these moment? fucking? We have all these organizations, and they're all. So Rebecca's telling them, yeah, it's Alcatraz, and then you have Jill, Rebecca, Chris, and Claire all saying, okay, we got to go to uh, Alcatraz. Let's do a tour or some shit. Yeah, and, and I mean, did you have that moment? that I had, I had to literally pause. I, this is like the one time where I feel like, oh yeah, I'm totally a fucking loser or whatever. But like, I had to pause it and I'm like, fuck man. Like, Jill and Claire are in the same room. Chris and Claire are finally reunited. Like, I'm just like, ugh. God, this would be so cathartic if you'd like pace this out better. But here it is, I guess. Here it is. Like, I don't know. I want to bring it up so bad. Because I want to get there. So. Oh, what? I that Barry isn't here? Because no, what the fuck, man? No, this isn't a Star Wars movie. Leon reunion. and Jill meet. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get there. I yeah, we'll get hated there. it. So we have uh, them doing, you know, a tour. And Jill tells Chris and Claire, listen, we're not going to find shit if we stick with the tour. But conveniently, they start turning into fucking zombies. Randomly. When, 
randomly with no bite marks. Two in for that later, kids. That might be a detail. So they start eating each other, and obviously Jill, Chris, and Claire, being the protags, save what little humans are left. Eventually, all the humans start becoming zombies, as if, you know, just randomly, pure happenstance. And... it's it's I'm sorry, it's very Resident Evil 6, because... Resident Evil 6 has this annoying tendency where it's like, look, survivors, let's go help them. Whoops, they died. But like times 50, like times 50, it never stops. So like a lot of that happens in this movie too, where it's like, oh, well, you didn't save them. And it's like, then what the fuck? Then why do we even, come on. Like, (laughs) but go ahead. And then, you know, it's it's a pretty good action sequence. Claire leads some people into like the, the gym room. Where she like closes a gate or whatever. Chris is doing Chris shit. God, he, Chris is on the second, is on the balcony on the second floor and straight up reaches down to the first floor and pulls someone up to the second floor. Do you see that? Did you see that scene? Yeah. God, I'm just like, fuck, Chris. He, you're like a fucking monster. <laughs> he's literally Captain America. And, Dude. and Jill does something, but I remember them getting caught or something by the villain but we skipped the other part of the villain where he's uh terrorizing the fucking scientists right because we cut to him talking to the scientists and he goes ah yes the pro the the prototype is complete now we can move on to mass production and i'm like well and then he whips out a fucking revolver and he does russian roulette which is which is really stupid to have in your movie i'm sorry but go ahead (laughs) Yeah, it's just this this villain that just like, yeah, I'm gonna try and kill myself before the third act. I, I'm like, sure. Right. I'm sure the effect is supposed to be, wow, man, he really is like life or death. He he treats life as something that could come and go in an instant. He's really edgy. But then my ass is like, I'm sorry. Do you really think the main villain is gonna randomly shoot himself in the head in the middle of the film? No. So I don't exactly. know, like, why we're expected to have any fucking, like, suspense and, at all when he does it. Like, and then the villain cuts back to the flashback because he's looking, you know, he's doing the flashback while he has the gun to his head, remembering how it was either him or his friend. And fate would have it vis-a-vis our villain's fucking Two-Face, but just with a revolver <laughs> instead of a coin. Yes, Oh my god, um, he literally is. He's he's the vil- he's the bad guy from Blade playing Two-Face. Yeah. Just instead of a coin, it's so Six Shot. That's that's his villain name. Six Shot. Uh or what? Six god, Shot. Bro, I I hate this. I hate what I made. Um so you have that whole scene. Then he shows up and along with the lady that doesn't have a voice um until later. Yeah, we totally skipped over in that motorcycle scene. She does, like, a thing where she runs off of a truck and pulls the handbrake on his motorcycle. And when I'm like, yeah, that's her. Yeah, that was the Leon (laughs) Fluff action scene. Yeah, but that's that's how I, I, like, I immediately knew it was her because she had, like, a motorcycle helmet on or something. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely her. (laughs) Um, We also have, then, this weird scene... I forget how it happens, but Claire and Chris get infected. Okay, I can I can pick up from here. So, because there there is it is kind of interesting what happens here. So Leon gets a tip that it's all connected to this one dude, and he has his base in Alcatraz. So he's going over to Alcatraz at the same time. 
Jill splits up from the party. I forget exactly why, but she does. And then Chris and Claire stay behind to clear up the survival. Oh, I remember why. It's really stupid. Jill fights a zombie that's fighting, or that's like attacking a security guard. It's two zombies on one security guard. And then a third zombie jumps on top of them and the floor collapses. Oh yeah, and, she separates. And but but she doesn't fall. She jumps in the hole to fucking kill the zombie. So like to save the guy, I guess, who ends up turning into a zombie anyway because of course, as I said before, it just doesn't matter who you save, they're going to die anyway. Um that's how she gets separated and she ends up walking off. But then Chris and Claire round out the survivors and then they find this one scientist dude who it's like well, there's only been one other character in the film movie, so it's kind of not hard to put two and two together as to who this is. And you, he says all sorts of really obvious shit where you're like, okay, well, he's obviously tied to the villain where he's just like, why do you even bother trying when all is failed? And it's like, oh my god, this is some fucking like thesis statement it, shit. It is. It is <laughs> very anime. It's, it's, it's very writing. anime. Um, but yeah, it this is, is when too much anime, in my opinion. When Chris and Claire get infected. So basically, there's this POV Evil Dead camera that comes in and runs into our two protags, and they immediately fall to the ground, writhing in pain. And uh, they are picked up by the baddies. So that that's how that happens. They just literally get fucking, like, mis... Uh, I almost ruined it. Uh, micro-shanked until fucking they get knocked out. And there you go. That's Chris and Claire out of the movie for a good solid, like, portion of time. Yeah, 20 minutes, maybe. Um, Jill's running around in the sewer. Right, right. And, and, and yeah. she sees a shadow. She sneaks up in the shadow. And we have the classic fight. Between two characters, one character you can't see until we already know who it is. It's Leon. How do we know it's Leon? Because in the middle of the fight where they conveniently have a draw, you know, she's with her knife almost getting him. mm. He blocks it. She blocks his gun. So it's Leon. Oh, wow. It's the famous Jill Valentine. And that's it. That's it, folks. You know what kills me in that scene, though? It, this and the other fight scene that Leon has where it's a hand-to-hand combat scene later on, both times this fucker has his handgun out. Motherfucker, what did you teach me in Resident Evil 4? Try using knives. They work better for close encounters. Like, it's it's your whole fucking thing. It's your shtick. Aren't you, aren't you the master of CQC in Resident Evil? Aren't you the solid snake in this? I don't know. The At some point snake? I start realizing a lot of these characters sort of like... Uh, homogenize because Chris also is a master of knifing so it's like I don't know anymore (laughs) I was just happy to see Jill with a knife and then when she starts shooting again I'm like well there goes your knife run yeah it was cool that she brought it out it was nice oh hey you equipped a knife that's nice well she killed two zombies with a knife speaking of zombies really quick um also why are they all wall running yeah, that's the thing we I wanted to bring up too because we mentioned oh advanced T virus. Well, one thing to notice during that Alcatraz fight scene was that one of the zombies literally jumped to the second floor balcony and ran across the rails like some sort of fucking tiger animal creature or something, and like they're doing this shit and they're super acrobatic. They jump from the shadows and like I don't know. I felt like the the enhanced. T-virus? I don't know. We're gonna get into more into that, but apparently they can do this shit, as well as jump scare out of literal nowhere. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's dumb. 
But it's basically a T-virus because, you know, let's go back to that again. Let's go to that well again. Everything has to be a virus, but we can't be doing oh, every letter of the alphabet. But no, they're prepared. They're prepared for viruses. I mean, because before they go, they talk. Actually, no, on the way there, Chris calls fucking Rebecca. And Rebecca's like, yeah, yeah, I think I could whip up, whip up a couple vaxes. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> they have like a cool little nickname for the vaccines. Got a couple of vaxes all- for you. All of them have so many vaccines that it's probably why they all have extended health and it's not the viruses, it's the vaccines. They're just literally pumped up on like several different kinds of like pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just, I mean, Chris, we already saw signs of it in Resident Evil 5. I mean, come on now. (laughs) We saw saw how big he got. Let's. Yeah, that's what's HDH. Antivirus fucking Preparing shit. for Wesker with R&D. <laughs> so these these ridiculous zombies, Jill and, uh, you know, let's go back to Jill and Leon. They uh-huh. fight. They have the thing. Oh, you're the famous Jill Valentine. And then liquors show up. Yes. Well, no, zombies show up and then they eat the, uh, the liquors eat the zombies. And I really like how cool the fucking liquors look. So we have like a new kind of liquor. This is like liquor delta fish, or something. Yeah, fish dick variant. Fish dick variant. Yes, absolutely. Because they have the 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 little like I don't even fins. So that's the thing like that fins. I was confused because they look a little bit like hunters now. So for me, I thought like, holy shit, did this asshole really splice hunters and liquors? Because that's actually kind of brutal. And no, apparently it's just an aquatic liquor. But I made a joke in the in the stream where it was like. Leon and Jill both look at it, and then they both say something different, like, Jill's Hunter, and then Leon's like, Liquor, and they just look at each other like, what? (laughs) I really like the tension, though, where they're both completely quiet, and, like, they both know how to deal with a liquor. Oh, my God. Even though Leon's the only one the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, they're just like... And then, you know, the tongue, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be some porn right here, isn't it? What? Okay. All right. Now now it's happened twice. What is what is going on with We're Jill? We're putting things in yeah, her mouth. And putting phallic things near Jill's mouth. Because this isn't like a one-off occurrence. This is like... This, it happened she, in 3 make, and fuck, listen... Fuck, if you want to argue, Resident Evil 3 original, Nemesis had tentacles. But I mean, like, and he did yeah, infect no, her. I, I've, wa- I've watched some vids. Like, I'm just saying, like, he did infect her with the tentacle via phallic tentacle, and now in Resident Evil 3 remake, she's deep-throated by the fucking drain demos, and then in this, there's, like, a fucking fat... What, what is up with this? It doesn't happen to Claire. It doesn't happen to, to, to fucking Listen, Rebecca. Listen, somebody's trying to tell the face model for Jill, I kind of want to fuck your mouth. That's all I'm getting at here. Well, look, all right, okay. You fine. Do this if you want, but make it equal. Give it to Chris. I want one with Chris. I want there to be a weird phallic thing. I mean, if we're gonna do this, go oh, all the way. Wesker, why'd you stick it in my mouth? <laughs> Wesker, is that you? Oh, sorry. I thought you were someone else. Oh, Leon. Hi. Uh, anyway, how yeah. big is that sheath? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ouroboros has surely grown since last. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, crass. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, no, so I, I genuinely love this team-up of Jill and um, Jill and Leon. Leon. I wish Chris and Claire had their own. Like, they have, like, a little team-up in the beginning, but everyone dies anyway, so it didn't really feel like it did a lot there. I don't know. Either way, they're walking through the basement. They find more lab bullshit. 
Oh, um, um, Jill had already seen Rebecca, who led a team of SWAT to die. No, no, no. This is after. Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Rebecca gets Oh, because they separate? Later. Leon and yeah, Jill separate? after Leon okay. and Jill separate. And I have so much to say about Rebecca in that scene, so we'll, we'll get so, there. So, I forget how they separate. Like, Jill says she's going to go do something, and Leon says what? How do they no, separate no, no, no. again? So what ends up happening is that Jill and Leon, they basically investigate the lab where everything is happening. And then they go back to find this like Bond-esque, uh, Bond villain-esque like room where Chris and Claire are in separate jail cells. But the scientist guy is in the jail cell with Claire. And the main villain is all like, huh, it seems as though you guys have arrived in my trap. And it's like, who the fuck are you anyway? And like, cause they don't know who the fuck this is. And he gives his whole backstory and then he lets them know that Chris and Claire are infected. And then he immediately infects Leon with, with the yeah. fucking thing. And it turns out he's using mosquitoes, T virus infused mosquitoes, which by the way, biodromes fucking terrifying. And is probably way more dangerous than even the writers realize. Um, so like he basically and that's why people were being uh, turning without any bite wounds or anything like literally a mosquito is biting them and turning them on the spot. Um, now, why do some people turn in four seconds while the main characters take literally hours? Um, you know, uh, uh, protagonist. But that being said, <laughs> the main mosquito for the villain infects Leon and then immediately. So I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to ask one of the many questions this plot seems to ask by telling you this story. Do you know the movie Armageddon with Ben Affleck and uh, Bruce Willis? Look, look. I, I almost I, left. I, 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 I almost left that movie halfway, but I I don't want to miss a thing. You know. Okay, I'm glad you know it. So for the direct <laughs> for the commentary on the DVD, Ben Affleck starts talking about the movie in the first act and he's like you know what what really doesn't make sense to me is why can't they just teach astronauts to dig why are we teaching diggers on earth to be on like some space yeah why is it the reverse yeah and and i was asking this to michael uh and michael bay turned to me and said hey ben Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I feel that with this with this fucking movie where it's just like, hey, how come the mosquitoes like didn't bite any zombies in Raccoon City or any of the other places? Like, how about Africa and Resident Evil 5? Didn't the well, okay, well, Ouroboros get transplanted like no, that? No, well, the, the, the implication... Shut the fuck up. The, well, the implication is that these are new. The mosquitoes haven't been created before. They are specifically no, no, no. But a these are biodromes. But it does bring up a good point. Don't mosquitoes like transmit blood? I mean, that's how Jurassic Park happens, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have been an extremely dangerous virus if mosquitoes and other insects got involved. Which I mean, the thing, the thing is, maybe they did, but that's why we get all these giant fucking bugs to fight because whenever a bug gets infected with a T virus, it becomes this massive fuck off thing. So like it's not so much it's it's like a mini like you know a, a, a tiny infector kind of thing. Whereas this is this is like a microscopic, uh, flying biodrone thing. And I, I get that. I get that why this isn't here. My my question is why do the main characters take so long to get infected? And why didn't the main character infect Jill? Well, hey Bone, shut the fuck. up. No, no, no. Well, this is the reasoning the movie gives me as to why they didn't infect Jill, too. Apparently, the bad guy wanted to make Jill feel what he felt. 
That's his reasoning. And Why like, is it Jill? Like, how do you know Jill? Dude, you like, don't even know Jill. What the fuck? Like, he, there's a throwaway line where Hunnigan says something like, oh, there was someone who accessed the BSAA files and they looked at re- they looked at all of our files for Jill, Chris, Claire, and Rebecca and everyone. And it's like, okay, but that still doesn't mean you have some sort of, like, connection to Jill where you need her to feel of this loss and like Chris that she already felt this loss with fucking stars like what are you even talking about like it's the same fuck she went through almost the exact same thing you did except it wasn't umbrella it was stars who was being fucked with them by umbrella so it's like your entire motive feels like it's counter to what you're trying to do on top of that, why did you even infect people in Alcatraz? If the idea is to secretly infect powerful world leaders, right, with your little biodrone thingy used by the liquors and turning them into zombies, why the fuck did you cause a random incident in Alcatraz to bring all this attention to yourself as well as different isolated incidents? Like, I, I just don't understand what the purpose was of revealing yourself to hey, George. the entire stars team. Shut the fuck up. And that's that's where the shut the fuck up is because it's like you yeah. have no reason. Well, <laughs> the reason is you need a you need an action set piece to show off the characters. It's an action movie, so you got to show that off. You got to have some slight terror and you need the villain to be an idiot because every umbrella, I'm sorry. Actually, yeah, every person that has ever worked for Umbrella is a massive idiot. I mean, technically, uh, oh, well, spoilers. There's a character in Resident Evil 4, I guess, that it isn't really an idiot. He's just kind of uh, in a bad spot, and that's really it. But, yes, I agree with you for the most part. <laughs> anyway, where are we now? So, yeah, Jill watches, and he's like, will Claire change and kill the good doctor? Yeah, yeah. And- Okay. Oh, and, oh then he, it- and then, like, literally five minutes later, he just shoots the doctor because Claire hasn't changed. Okay, but but also, yes, that is also true. She was like, he was completely wrong on his bluff, which, by the way, is a reoccurring thing throughout this entire movie where he will continuously say, no matter, that's not important anyway, but then ends up being super important and then totally foils his plans. So Yeah, like, like, oh, Jill, let her run. Let her run. She can't do anything except completely stop me. Like, okay. Um, and then when Rebecca comes in, there's like, she has like, when she actually gets into Alcatraz, she has like no resistance. And it's like, yeah, let her come in with the vaccine. That's fine. And cause that's what happens. Jill runs off to go find this guy and, and apparently runs into Rebecca on the way. Rebecca has arrived to the island with a case of like, I think four mind or five you, vaccines. Mind you. The lady with no lines of dialogue is fighting an infected Leon who's trying to overcome the virus and getting his ass whooped. I, I actually think he wasn't infected by that point. I think this no, is, he, I think that fight happens after because he's in the, the cell room with the two that's where the we got Jill line comes in. Yeah, but how does Jill get away? Well, okay. And chase after a guy if she's there. Be- because he just lets her. He literally, they're all in the room together, and then the bad guy says, oh, well, looks like you're not going to shoot her, which, by the way. Hey, Adrian, shut the fuck up. No, no, which, by the, the way. The this movie is, can't happen. This yeah. is her fucking arc in Resident Evil 3 remake 
again where it's Jill, you don't have the guts to pull hey, the man, trigger where how it How many times how many times like, has Claire saved an abandoned child? Like, it's like, can we do can they have another event? Can they have another thing to learn and not the same thing over and over? Anyway, I get you, I get you, I get you, but like so, again. Yeah. No, the bad guy walks off and he's like, whatever. He, he shoots the the uh, the, the scientist you, guy. We we mentioned it earlier that he got shot in the knee. Like he shot himself accidentally in the knee. So he's walking this whole movie with a fucking um a cane. A, a cane. So he's not fast. No, no, he's and it symbolizes fast. his trauma because of how he stamps it into the ground. Yeah. Uh, but just just a reminder, he's not fast. So Jill should catch up to him, but she doesn't. Well, so again, like he shoots the doctor and then walks away. Then Claire tries to help the doctor. And this is when the doctor says all his anime lines where even in the face of everything failing, do you still try? Why? It, it doesn't make any sense. And then he eventually oh. gives her this password and a note, which is so Resident Evil, probably the most Resident Evil thing in the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> and how are you so calm? We've got Jill. And that's when that line comes in. And then we cut to Jill running through the same fucking, like, sewer area they were just fighting in before with Leon and Jill that they blew up with an explosion but looks exactly the same pristine as if there wasn't an explosion. But whatever, we won't think about that. Um, then she runs into Rebecca. Rebecca, who had arrived here with a 10-man SWAT team, which I counted, by the way. Uh, like, she comes in with uh, two boats full of soldiers, right? And SWAT team, yeah, and they're fully giddy, gillied up. Like, they got machine yeah. guns, they got their pistols, they got grenades, all that shit. They've got armor, they got everything to sort of guide Rebecca in. And, dude, they all die in the first fucking minute they land. They land on the dock and choose to stand there for whatever reason and keep standing there, and everyone dies but Rebecca. Not only that, they all get killed by Neptune. Right, and this which, is the only thing Neptune was great gets to, to do see. in this movie, by the way. I, I huh? This is like the only scene Neptune has to really like yeah. do anything. Well, there's there's a blink and you miss it when they do an establishing shot of Alcatraz. You well, can yeah, see the shadow, Neptune, but that's not really <laughs> the Neptune swimming, which is great. It's like oh, the first thing I thought was oh, we're having a Neptune boss fight, yay! But then. We kind of don't like we Neptune don't, no. eats these random SWAT team members and Rebecca and he he gets grenaded in the face, which does nothing, to which him. does nothing to him, which is just like which I I feel as though Neptune was literally in this movie just to get rid of the excess people because Rebecca only came in with four vaccines. So if someone else were to get infected, they well, how convenient they're already dead. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a little weird. And then when Rebecca meets Jill, Jill's like, Rebecca, you're here. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, how'd you get here? Oh, I came here with a SWAT team. Where are they? Oh, they all died. And, I'm, and then I just started really reconsidering this whole entire notion of like, is Chris really the guy we all point to with when it comes to team killing? Because that seems to be the ongoing joke with a lot of Resident Evil fans. Like, oh, man, I wouldn't want to be on Chris's team. Or I, hunks. I posit that Rebecca has the worst, even above both of them. Like, well, tune into that episode where we have a debate. On well, I'm just going to state my case really quick because fucking we have all of Resident Evil One, where her entire like stars team, right, 
And then fucking Resident Evil Zero, fucking Billy dissipates from existence after that fucking game. Yeah. Like, I just have a... And then in this movie, she's on a team with 10 other dudes and they all die. I just feel like Rebecca gets more people killed. Like, she has the more, the bigger body count. For sure. I don't know. Um, let's just... We, we get... Rebecca gets the vaccine to them. All of them magically cure within 20 seconds. Uh, Claire and Rebecca split up to try and what was it? Uh, stop the biodromes. Uh-huh. Chris and Leon go after. It's Chris, Leon, and Jill that decide to um try and cause cause this is the thing that happens. Um, while everyone's getting recoveried and they're chasing after the main bad guy in his super lab cave or whatever, um, fucking uh, Leon runs into what's her face from Vendetta. And then yeah. basically just has a one-off fight scene with her just randomly there. Yeah, which has a a pretty shitty ending to, to it, in my opinion. It's very but, quick. And this is the one scene where she has any dialogue right before the fight scene. For two like, movies. Yeah. I, I don't know she what She was in Vendetta. She didn't say a shit line either there. And it's like, does Capcom hate women? <laughs> It's just so strange to me. And, and like, fucking, she comes in. She's obviously Also, really why does she look like fake Jill? Like a clone of Jill? See, you see Jill. I see, like, Rachel from uh, Revelations 2 with the dumb hair. No, I mean, it's blonde. <laughs> and, I, and it's, like, Resi 5 Jill. Because she's got the, the jumpsuit and everything. I think, with the, like, visually. With the boob window. Visually, she doesn't feel out of place with any other character, in my opinion. But for me, yeah, that's like, my problem. She... she seems like a, like one of them. But she then she doesn't like... do anything. Like all she does is just be like this one set piece, like catalyst. That I don't know. It really feels like a nothing character that was brought over from a movie that really didn't even treat her right in the first place. Like I don't know. It was very. I will strange. say, since we're getting to the end, my favorite bit is when all of them in their original colors or whatever um, are on that, like, catwalk after the villain, like, fusions with Neptune. Well, okay, and we okay. get this, like, yeah. three-story tall monster. So he basically, like, decides, because this whole Russian roulette, like, uh, recurring thing was basically to lead up to this, where he puts, like, this virus injector into his temple and injects himself in his skull brain. Okay, sure. Um, and I, I don't know, like, he kind of falls into the water, and I guess that's where the entire fucking Russian roulette thing was going, and I it just feels like, okay, why, why does every fucking villain in, this, in, in these animated movies have to have, like, the exact same MO, where it's like, I need to get revenge and umbrella for what they did to me. And it's like the exact same kind of thing where they take it out on humans that had nothing to do with them, to sort of take it out on big wigs you that know probably if won't anything even feel the effects why wouldn't he should have joined with chris yes shit. be like oh you're taking down umbrella let me join you they ruined my life and i i'll also help you in stopping them from ruining other people instead of like actively making more of the things that ruined his life like it just doesn't make sense to me uh, it feels everyone very must suffer just as i have suffered I was saying right. in the in the stream, I was like, dude, why is he like a Square Enix villain? Why is it like I will heal the world of suffering by fucking violently hate fucking it? Like, I just don't. 
It doesn't make sense. It, it feels very counterintuitive, and that's why he's crazy, I guess. I don't know. It, it feels very weird. What I, was, what I was trying to say is you have that really nice shot of all the characters together in their original colors, all wielding handguns for some reason. All aiming at the villain. And it oh. was a nice Avengers moment. Like, that's literally fan service. That's what we've wanted from the very beginning. All these characters together. And it's like, it's it's delivered in such a shit way leading up to it. Because I would have liked Jill and Leon not know who they are. And kind of explain, oh, you were there. Or... Oh, yeah, Claire has told me about you from Chris. Oh, you know, development? Like, you mean like that one scene in the beginning where Chris talks about peers? Like the one, one scene? <laughs> you know, you you knocked Jill in that scene, but Jill talking about Wesker and talking about the shit she went through, that's development too. I like that. Bring more of that. But that's what the I was best, saying. It's only once wh- in the entire movie. For, for, those, for those wondering, we did do a Resident Evil 3 remake special on the Fan Freaks podcast. And one thing you and I both really liked was her talking about her trauma or her experiencing the, the trauma, the PTSD of the Spencer Mansion. Incident. Of Resident Evil 1. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess mean, I, what? It could have been Resident Evil 3 less, Remake yeah. literally does that in the first two minutes and never again. But that's the best part of Resident Evil 3 is well, her talking about it and experience. Well, you know happen, what I mean, It happens bro. in the hospital as well when she wakes up from the fucking virus. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, like, right. It's, it's, I, no, it's better reincorporated in 3 because it fits in with her whole theme about not trusting anyone from Umbrella because it literally just happened. And, like... That makes sense. You can do so much with these characters. They've gone through so much. And I feel like there's never enough scenes of them literally, like, adding any closure to anything. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it be funny if we got at least a mention to, like, Leon and Claire having each other's emails? Because they do. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not asking for every fan y bit. But it just feels like... We, we tapped on something that would have been super interesting in the beginning and then never touched it again for the rest of the film. The rest of the film, we may as well be dealing with just, like, one-liner spewing supermodels. That's literally it. And I, I don't know. I don't feel like these are these characters half the time besides Leon making one-liners because he's already for Leon. Like, I don't know. Um, anyway, that Avengers scene, by even, the way... I I feel like I don't it would have been care for Leon in this. To be honest with you, I, I I like him in this movie because at least he's not fucking um degeneration Leon, where he's just a robot. That was the worst, the worst oh, yeah, Leon, where true. he had zero emotion. Period. It was just very bad. Um, but a bad thing doesn't make a bad thing better. You know what I mean? So that that's fine. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention about that Avengers scene you you brought up, like I bet you anything, the entire movie was written with that scene first. Like, they had that scene in their mind and just wrote around it. And that's why things are the way they are. <laughs> How do we get to this? All right, well, give me a minute. <laughs> and, and they didn't really, like, flesh it out too much. Which that, That's an entirely viable way, by the way, of writing a story backwards. I've, I've seen it in, like, a whole bunch of fucking seminars and shit that people talk about that. But, like... Right, you just wish it was better. Yeah, you just kind of actually need to do it. Like, you can't just, like, ah, yada, 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 okay, beginning. Um, but also part of that yada, 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 I want to talk about how this, uh, how Alcatraz, I mean, I I don't doubt it. Maybe it was, it probably was a military base before it was a prison. Oh yeah. Conveniently, 
what I love is the writing team actually gave themselves an out without having an, an out. You know what I mean? They, oh, how do we give all our characters enough weapons to start World War Three? Well, give them a fully stocked armory with, that nobody knows who stocked it. That's, We're assuming that's the, the villain, thing. right? No, but see, that's the thing that confuses me because it doesn't make any sense to me. So they say the, the sub was a holdover from when this place was a fortress. And then Leon says, and they're, they're using it as an armory now, implying the villain is using this place as an armory now. Okay, so let's break that down. Why is the villain collecting any weaponry at all when his major focus is infecting people with a biodrone? Now, I have the answer for that, but you're going to be real mad at me. Is it shut up, George? No. It's that the villain says, I was good friends, and I used to work with Arius from Vendetta, who's a gun runner. He's an arms dealer in, in Vendetta. So we're assuming this guy is another arms dealer. Wait, so, okay, so he had... Purchased a bunch of guns for no reason, or the guy from no, Vendetta just No, he uses gave it to sell. Like that's how he makes his money. He sells the guns he has. Okay, and these were guns left over from the guy from Vendetta. No, this has nothing to do with that. They're just they work together. They're both arms dealers. Okay. All right, because I feel like I must have missed a line about selling the guns. Because no, he, it's just you're led to assume it's implied that because, oh, me and Arius were close. You could say we were we were very similar because they're both arms dealers. Arius' whole That's... plot in, in Vendetta was, aside from killing most of the world, was I'm selling this weapon. This weapon that's a bioweapon. Wait, 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 wait. It's so great. you're telling me that I wasn't supposed to take when he said I'm very similar to whatever his face because they both have the same motive of completely, like, killing people to save people. Like, they have the same bullshit motive. That's where I took that. So I don't know about the whole arms dealing thing. And then on top of that, I guess one of the weapons that he was selling or I guess, like, he had a fucking, uh, we're gonna, okay, okay, okay. So, the main bad guy turns into a giant fuck-off creature thing. Um, I don't even know what it is, really. It has, like, an elephant foot, but it's also part shark. And to be honest, it's an interesting creature that I don't know what I'm looking at. So that's cool, I guess. Um, but, yes, this place used to be an armory. So, there's a bunch of weapons here. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, these are weapons left over from when this was a military base. But you're saying he was amassing these weapons as an arms dealer to sell them because that's what he was. Yes, that's, yeah. Okay. That's what I took that as, and that makes sense to me. Okay, sure. All right, fair enough. Now, your reasoning makes more sense as to why they're able to pull out so many different kinds of guns, because in my head, I'm like... Jill gets her M4A1 for Resident Evil 3. Um, Chris pulls out the fucking quad launcher from fucking Resident from Evil 1. 1. Yeah. Dude, this place, this place has like five or six different rocket launchers and they're all different. And there's the one from RE4 is in this movie. The single one, the, the mm. one that's like a giant cylinder kind of yeah. thing or whatever. Um, 
the the with the wood finish. Uh, but Chris has never seen firing the it. RPG. Yeah, he's only seen dropping it. There's a weird scene where he fires the RE1 rocket launcher. It cuts to Claire and Rebecca in the server room fucking with stuff, and then it cuts back to Chris dropping the RE4 rocket launcher. And I'm like, what? Did you? You just picked up another. Okay, all right. Like they're just picking now, up rocket launchers. Like it's candy. Now I had the biggest boner for when Chris whipped out the M60, the big heavy machine gun, the Rambo gun. Yeah, yeah. But then I lost it because he gave a like Claire. Uh, I'm sorry, not Jill. Claire. Jill shoots with the fucking assault rifle, the M4. And switches to a shotgun for long range. Switches to a shotgun <laughs> from distance, and she's pumping away, and I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. I said the same thing. I was like, Jill, you, you actually kind of downgraded in that exchange. You probably want to go back. <laughs> We're just assuming she ran out of ammo. That's that's what I'm assuming. She's sure. Just, I'm, these pellets are going to get there eventually. God, this movie's so much better with your assumptions. <laughs> But, I mean, that's that's what I'm assuming, but unfortunately, that's what we have to assume because the filmmakers don't... You could just add, like, a three-second clip of her going click with the fucking rifle, and they're going, fuck, and then Chris shows up and goes, here, I got something for you. Like, you know, just... That was my whole just thing that. with the whole movie. Is like if you just had a little bit more to establish some stuff, you could polish out a lot of this. Like, you don't need... See, I don't know. The, the one of the things Kevin Smith said in a in a Q&A when he talks about about filmmaking and things like that is one thing he learned from a bunch of filmmakers in film school was you have to treat your audience like they're 3-year-olds. You have to explain why things happen in the ebb and flow of the film. You can't leave it open to too many questions. And that's the problem with Death Island. A lot of Death Island, you're assuming you have to assume things in order for the film to make sense. And it's not like but some sort of artistic no film where you need to have like a certain interpretation or something. It's just like, no, they don't really specify. And that's just kind yeah, this, of it. This is an action movie. It's really easy to just add a click click to the fucking gun. You already have that sound asset. From the beginning of the movie with the fucking, uh, the two guys, the villain and the other, uh, guy that he kills, his best friend, uh, you have that the gun going empty and that's why he smashes his brain in. You have the asset. Why did you just use it for like an extra two? It's not like you were running out of time. Fuck. I, I don't know. I feel I like that one, I can, that one's a little more understandable as opposed to the using it for an armory for now. Like... The wording makes me imply like they're using the armory. If they would have said something like, and this is where he's selling his weapons, or he's, a like, you know what I mean? Or just something, just a little bit more. This is where he's amassing his inventory. Boom. Uh, these, these are where he stores his weapons or something like not, to sell. Not only know. that, not only that, you could have had a throwaway line where fucking Jill tells Ian, oh, like an item box of sorts. <laughs> I mean, that would have been funny. I would have laughed at that. But That I mean, would like, have been hilarious. Like, oh, that's but what a hell of, of an item box. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just, it, I definitely did not get the implication that he was selling those weapons. But whatever, I'll, I'll take I that. I got it because of the whole Rivius thing, because they mention it two or three times in Vendetta, that he's an international arms dealer. And he's creating this new virus, the A virus or whatever, the one that's spread through air. Um, Sorry, buddy, you're not, you're not doing the naming convention right. You're going to have to try again. 
<laughs> you, it needs to rhyme with A, B, C. No, no, wait. B, C, D. Shut up. <laughs> so what what ends up happening? Um, so he fuses with the fucking giant, the shark, the Neptune. Yes. All the heroes get their hits in until, my God. So this one is going to be a little interesting. Um, this is because as if we didn't get enough Resident Evil Three remake with the outfit, By the way, with with fucking Jill's arc of you never have enough guts yeah, to pull this the trigger. Is, this is a huge. This is a huge boss fight. The creature's literally three stories tall. Like this makes Simmons T Rex look like shit. No, I think he's smaller than Simmons. I think he's bigger than this guy. Well, fits in a room. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's a huge armory. That's a huge item box. I guess. Um, oh, but you mean Simmons when he's on the fucking jet? When like he turns plane? into the the final one, where he's literally on the building. Oh yeah, yeah. This one's smaller than that, but I mean the T Rex Simmons. Anyway, uh, you have this this whole everybody shooting. Jill shows up with a fucking railgun. Okay, no, no, no. She doesn't just show up with it. She gets knocked aside, and one is randomly oh, yeah. next to her. All in a these box. characters, not one ounce of scratch or blood or dirt or bruised ribs. Nothing. Immaculate. They are flying <laughs> like 20, 30 feet in the air, slamming into iron crates and shit. And solid steel and concrete. Like, there's no give in any of these. And they're leaving imprints on the container. Yeah, they're fucking... They are literally superheroes. Like, I, I don't know how else to take that. Yeah, every one of them has a super soldier serum, apparently. Yeah. Jill finds the goddamn railgun, which I want to bring this up. And I've been saving for this. Uh -huh. But at the end of Vendetta, from a fucking helicopter thing... One of the one of Chris's teams, the girl sniper, snipes with a railgun, uh -huh. and she decimates New York with this railgun. Fires like, through like it, four buildings, and like. and the buildings get demolished. And I'm like, this bitch just really like the railgun was the best idea you had. You couldn't go a little less. You just demolished four buildings, and all right, we just. Whatever. And there you have it also with Jill where she uses the fucking railgun on this creature. Oh, I'm sorry. Short plasma rifle. Conveniently. I, I also and, oh, just like it's got a charge. Draw his fire. Draw him to me. And we have a Resident Evil 5 segment with Leon getting uh, driving the, the Hummer and Chris getting on the gun. Or is it the other way around? No. I, yeah, Leon's driving and he's like, I need to take a vacation after this. Yeah, yeah. So Chris is shooting the gun. Yeah. yeah. It's Resident Evil 5. Leon is Sheva? I told the chat um, at that point, I was like, you know what? Uh, fucking Mark and David did it better, to be honest. And of course, by the way, when Jill finds this fucking plasma rifle, she's like, oh, I know what this is, and explains it to Chris and is like, oh, it heats up at a specific temperature, and, you know, it takes this long to charge, and I, in my head, I'm like, Jill, how do you know this? And then I'm like, oh, right. I guess three. Resident Evil 3. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but that was a different thing, man. That was like a, a huge fucking, like, I don't know. Right, but 20 years have changed since then. Railgun technology must have changed, too. It's just very strange. To see that the railgun actually aged and Jill hasn't. <laughs> uh, well, it's become more compact. And if anything, 
the only part of Jill that has aged exists. <laughs> her calcium yes. cannons, you know what I'm saying? That's how she ages. They just grow an inch every year. Chris Chris gets a beard. Jill, massive knockers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm really getting up Capcom, in age. man. <laughs> Listen, if Street Fighter Six is anything to be desired, we're going to have like... We're going to have thong alternate outfits for Resident Evil 9. I'm still waiting for the day where someone makes like an animated movie and has like alternate costumes for an animated film. Where you just load them in with a different costume rendered or something. Like, I don't know. It's a a silly idea and concept, but Resident Evil would be the series to do it. Um, It would. In any case, so she like aims this fucking plasma cannon where I'm like, okay, sure, whatever, let's do this. And she starts charging it. Um, she fires her laser, and it straights up, hits him in the face, and there's no glowy weak point for him. There's an eye, but there's no actual, like, glow weak point, which is weird for Resident Evil. You'd think there would be. Um, yeah. But in any case, uh, it, it doesn't work the first time, so she needs to charge it as Well, he time. does get knocked down. They They have a moment of respite. He gets back up. He starts going to her. She starts charging the fucking thing. The Hummers knock the round. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and then and then something spawns in the hunter between shots, and it's the freaking double-sided rocket launcher that the bro oh, team yeah, yeah. uses. So they they basically What'd get, you call them? The bro team? Yeah, the bro team. They basically like drive yeah. to the end of this, like, I don't like dock, I guess. And yeah. they, they start preparing this huge rocket launcher. Because like the six or seven rocket launchers and plasma cannon shots weren't enough, but of course this rocket launcher will do it. Um, and by the way, doesn't actually do it because they, they team up and each one of them holds a different end. And I I love, there's this one shot that's actually kind of funny where they look at it and there's like the subtitles. It's like, do, do you know how to work this? And I'm just like, that's hilarious. That's like the first time anyone who's even fucking questioned, do I know how to fire this thing? Um, but in any case, they, they get the rocket launcher, they team up, they screw that part goes in here. It's like, yeah, no shit. The two pieces, you put them together. Good job, guys. Um, while this is happening, Joe is running with like a flare, completely aping aliens, right? Like, <laughs> and and she's got like a bag. Yeah, we don't know what's in the bag. I'm assuming it's explosives. Yeah, no, they were flares and explosives, which is two things you should put together. Yes, of course. But- while you're running. <laughs> I mean, in any case, she she distracts it for a minute and jumps into the water. The I guess? water, yeah, and then, and then they fire it. He bites the bag. Oh, does and he? Ch- and like drags her down. Oh, it's true. And she's like choked by the bag, like it's a Laura Croft death sequence from Tomb Raider. Oh, and they shoot at the fucking gate going down because he's trying to leave. He's trying to whatever. He's gonna infect the world some other way. Um, oh, by, by the way, mind you, the biodromes are dead already at this point. I mean, like, they're probably the biodromes more in the lab, but I guess they already kind of cleaned that up later. Or yeah, something. yeah. Rebecca, Rebecca and Claire sent the biodromes to kill the creature oh, from inside. That was a great shit. scene because it was hysterical because fucking first off, Leon tells the two like, you guys aren't good enough in a fight. Go do something else. And he's like, okay. So they run off. And they start fucking around on the computer, and then Claire's like, all right, we can turn off the the, the bio, micro bio, whatever, the bio drones. And she's about to slam the button, and Rebecca stops her and goes, wait. We Claire, have, wait. We have control over the, the bio drones. What if we use them? And then Claire looks at her like, Rebecca, are you, like, turning evil? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, like, what do you mean? 
Are you okay, Rebecca? On people. <laughs> On people? Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. Because for me, in my mind, I thought Rebecca was going to be like, what if we use them? On people we don't like. And it's like, what? <laughs> Rebecca knows. But no, they, they Let me use it. it on Billy. <laughs> to find him at the very fucking least, wherever he is. Um, but yeah, they use it against the, the main villain, who is now weakened by his own micro bioorganisms, I guess. I'm not really sure how that works. but They, it, they don't explain it. It, it. It's just the debuff is active. <laughs> and now he can take damage, I guess. And so, exactly, his armor's down, so now you hit him with everything yes. he got. He's swimming away. They shoot at the gate, which was closing really slow. They shoot at the chain, and it drops on the fucking creature's head. Jill swims up, and thankfully, at that point, the explosives... No, 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 no. Wait, creature. wait, wait, wait. So they shoot the double-sided rocket launcher at the gate, which I thought they were going to shoot it at him, but no, they actually yeah. shoot at the gate, and the gate slams down on him. By the way, this monster has casually shrugged off six rocket launchers, a plasma cannon, and like a million different guns. But no, man, the door is really what's going to do him in. But then Jill is like, no, I'll finish him off with a hand grenade <laughs> underwater. That'll do it. And apparently they just walk off like, yeah, we did it. I guess someone will clean that up. I don't I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just felt like the monster had so much fucking defense. And I get it. The debuff was active. But, like, really? The debuff did enough for it to die by by door? Like Wesker? In the movies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doors. It's the one thing every villain hates. God, the doors actually have a pretty high death count. Like, a kill count, if I'm honest. Yeah. In any case, so basically the main characters all say their one little quips and decide to take a walk outside. They don't really want to talk about the events that just happened. They just kind of want to reference how cool they are, I guess, and how, yeah. And that's Prison something. suck. Prison suck. Oh, my fucking God. Yes, good job. Thank you. Oh, no, he says tours suck. Uh, I don't know, because there was a running joke, though, that I think that Leon was saying where he's like, I should be a tour guide. That was actually funny because he was in a I love, and I hope you you put this on your gram and on your Twitter, that new Kids on the Block album (laughs) picture that you made. Yeah. I hope hope you put that with the release of this fucking picture. My God. With the, the, release the picture with this video, with this audio, fuck. (laughs) I'll figure out Um, how, but like, to be honest, this, this movie was made just to like model the protagonist. And to me, I feel like ultimately I was right in what I thought this movie was going to be. It was ultimately fan service. Yeah, it was ultimately going to be a bunch of action scenes, fan service and literally with like no real substance to the fan service. They were just going to yeah. be there acting all, cool. All flash no all all sizzle no steak. Save for one scene, one scene where we talk about Jill being brainwashed and Piers, and that's the one time we talk about it, and it's just kind of yeah. over. So, I don't know. Um, ultimately, though, if I may just round out my ranking on this, this was definitely better than Vendetta. So Agreed. I gave the movie a two and a half <laughs> as, as my ranking. Um, Vendetta got a half a star, if you really wanted to know. Um, I, I give this movie a good a good two out of ten. Mm. And I give Vendetta a one. I never want to watch these again. 
I feel like I could watch this again with someone who likes Resident Evil. Like, if I wanted to be like, hey, let's do a silly watch of the, of the stuff that happens here. This one's See, bearable. no, I, f- I feel I could do... Excuse me. I could do that with the Paul W.S. Anderson movies. I could do that with Welcome to Raccoon City. But these are just like... These feel so devoid of... These feel like just soulless, you know? Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like an action movie is what it is. But the thing is, more even action movies have more attention to character and, like, I don't know, personality and heart. Where I feel like this movie is just trying to remind me again and again, like, look, you love these guys. Look, you love them. And don't it's like, you love them? I don't you love them? Don't you remember, remember Raccoon City? Do you remember do you Raccoon rem- City? Do you remember Umbrella? Remember Umbrella? Do you remember oh, wow. Jill? Do you remember the plasma? Do you remember not having enough guts? Do, do you, you remember, remember Chris with the quad launcher? Do you remember that rocket launcher? Do you, do you remember, remember Survivor's Guilt times 50? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't. I don't know. This has become a South Park episode. I just feel um, like there's so much potential with these animated films. And I feel like even fucking um, the not You say the that about the movies, but you know what? I don't think it's in the cards. I don't, I don't think... I don't think Resident Evil can be a movie. I think it I th- fucking can if we even bothered to get a good director for fucking ones. Well, let us know on Bone King's Twitter and on my Instagram. Let us know. Does does Resident Evil deserve a movie? Well, I, look, we're going to be talking about... I, I, We've I've tried always, so many times now. I've always wanted to do an episode where we talk about what is your ideal script for a Resident Evil movie? Like, how would you sell this Resident Evil movie? How would it play out? Because I feel like it can be fucking done. It's just that there's all these other elements that end up fucking always compromising everything that comes out. Whether it's Paul W.S. Anderson wanting to feature his wife in everything, or fucking um, wanting to combine Resident Evil 1 and 2 in the same movie. Like, there's there's so many things, that, like, just decisions that were made. I, I could do it for you really quick. The first 20 minutes of your script is Raccoon City, and you have these cops, the stars team, investigating the murders. Then the rest of the film is Resident Evil 1, just with elongated horror themes. Less zombies, less shooty-shooty. Like, they don't even get a magnum. They yes, just get a fucking so shotgun. the novelization written by S.T. Perry. Yes, I agree. That is what the movie yeah, would the, be. <laughs> but they never do that. Fucking even look no. at the Paul W.S. Anderson one. They start Raccoon City when it's already in the middle of an outbreak. And Jill is just, like, in the police station just to look cool. She just saves that one dude and that's it. Like, it d- doesn't make any sense. Anyway, whatever. Death Island is better than the previous ones, so I feel like it's bearable, more bearable than a lot of the other um, Resident Evil films, in my opinion. If you could watch this drunk with your friends and y'all can make fun of it, I recommend it. It's good for something like yes, that. Yes, I agree. Whereas I feel but like Vendetta to- does not. <laughs> like- Vendetta is also really bad, but like worse. Not not in any way bad. There's no redeeming it, but it's bad. It, it's got However, like one or two scenes where you can laugh with your friends, but this one I feel the like the fucking gun foo fight. Yeah, and and that's funny. A big one at the end with the ending, which I don't know if I should spoil here. 
Um, also, that villain's very Wesker. Everyone is the exact same character. Every single villain from these animated movies are the exact same character. It is fucking bioterrorist guy who wants revenge on an umbrella who has to act like an absolute supervillain. Like, there is no in-between. It is super generic, and it will always be that way. And they all hate Chris. Well, I mean, this is a recurring theme with every villain, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, he apparently doesn't... Because he doesn't even fucking know them! He just read a file on these people. Like, who the fuck are you anyway, Dylan, right. or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, this movie was alright. It was better than Vendetta. Uh, I personally think if you're going to sit down and watch one of these animated movies, watch... um de- Not Degeneration. Uh, Damnation. Damnation. Watch Damnation. That was the better one out of all of them so far. So, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. That's the one with the two tyrants, right? Yeah, and that one actually went ahead and brought Leon into a new area, had a little bit more uh, uh, feedback as to what he was doing around that time. He runs into Ada. And it, it's you know, a better it's story. It's a better it's story. It's a better story. All right. And I think on that note, folks, we should call it a day. Yep. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening to the Eagle and Wolf podcast. You can reach us on Twitter. Oh shit! I guess it's called X now. Oh, I don't fucking. Well, look, we're on we're on Instagram. I'm so as glad well. I deleted mine. Yeah. I, look, I got an Instagram too, and uh, that's where we're doing our alerts for stuff. We're doing it on Twitter and Instagram. So if you if you don't want to use X or whatever, you can go on Instagram. Or if you use X, we're there too. I guess I don't know. Um. Oh, another at thing. Eagle and Wolf. At Eagle and Wolf Pod. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to mention too, is we technically have t-shirts for sale. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. I got to buy one now. I mean, well, it's up to you. I don't want anyone to feel pressure to buy a t-shirt. Obviously it's your money, but if you ever feel like uh, supporting the show, uh, well, look, say that in the background as I'm doing the ad and that way it's like some sort of like (laughs) obey consume. So just, you know, if you you really feel like glasses, yeah, that's it. And it just says uh, boner on the bone King shirt. Like it just text boner. (laughs) Um, boner in any case yeah so we have t-shirts um we're hoping to do some more fun stuff we have like it on a mug so if you like our icon for whatever reason you can check that out and uh this was resident evil death island let us know what you thought about the movie did you like it what was your ranking was it better than the other movies let us know all about it over at the x instagram or over at my discord so uh yeah yeah which is at bone king tv uh, on Twitch, right? That is and, absolutely correct. And Bone King TV on YouTube and the Bone King Nexus on Discord, yeah? If you just go to my, um, on my, uh, Twitch page, there's a link straight to the Discord if you don't want to search through Discord's horrible search system. So, yeah. you can definitely go through there. But, you know, that's definitely where we call it quits, and, uh, it's a good thing that my office used to be an armory because I was really worried about how I was going to get out with how dangerous it is outside. Now that that terrifying sun won't know what hit it. <laughs> He's going to plasma rifle the sun. I'm my going God. to plasma rifle the sun twice and then shoot a rocket launcher at the sky so it falls on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> this was nonsense. Well, it's over then.